This is the Novice No Longer Podcast, session number 34 with Yasser and Dimitri of SFCD Agency. Welcome to the Novice No Longer Podcast, where top app developers help you build and market your apps. I'm Dan Berg, former tech journalist turned entrepreneur and app developer. Each week, I talk to the creators of some of the top apps in the App Store to unlock the secrets of app success. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Dan, and you are listening to the Novice No Longer podcast. And today, I am talking to two very talented people. I've got Yasser, who is the head of product and strategy, and Dimitri, the creative director, both at SFCD Agency. Now, I'm not here to talk to them about their client work because they do a lot of client work for a lot of big name clients, but instead, I'm going to be talking to them about an internal project that they recently released. So they built an app for themselves, and that app is called Miranda, and Miranda really caught my eye because it's it's a really simple app. Basically, it can tell you what time it is anywhere in the world, so it's a time zone application, but what makes Miranda stand apart is the user interface and the way that you kind of interact with time, and when we get into the interview, it'll kind of describe what I mean by that, but you should definitely download it and check it out, but the reason why it's so intriguing to me, and it, it kind of reminded me back my favorite radio show, uh, which is a radio show called Radiolab. And back in, I think it was the very first season, they had an episode on time. And when I first listened to that, it really just blew my mind because I had never really thought about time as a concept, as theoretical, because it's always been, I could look at my clock, I can look at a watch and I can see what time it is. And that's just a given, but the world wasn't always like that. And time is really a man-made constructed constructed measurement of uh, the days, I, I guess. And so you had trains that came through and really standardized it. But before then, there were different towns, and each town would have a different time, so to speak. So really, this whole concept is man-made. And so kind of thinking about different ways to interact with that is really intriguing to me. Now, what, what they were able to do with this agency was have this concept of a time zone calculator, I guess, so to speak, and hand that off to a bunch of their different designers. And every designer worked independently coming up with how they thought best to interact with time. And then they were able to come together and collaborate. And the result of that is Miranda. So I really love this interview because he talks a lot about the process of creating and brainstorming apps when you're working with a team and really you get an idea of what it's like to work at an agency. So I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to just dive right in because there's a lot of really great information here. Again, I'm talking to Yasser and Dimitri. This is SFCD Agency and their app is called Miranda. Enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Dan with Novice No Longer here, and I am here with Yasser and Dimitri of SFCD Agency, and they actually just released an application that's their own application rather than client work. It's called Miranda. It's used for kind of telling different time zones so you know exactly where in the world people or what time people are at anywhere in the world if you want to contact them. So uh they're amazing. They've had a lot of big name clients like Sony, Samsung, T-Mobile, Toyota. I, I could name Uberpath. There's so many of them. Um, and if you ever use the speedtest.net app, that is their work. So I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled to have them on the show. So Yasser, Dimitri, thank you. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, thanks for having us, Dan. Yeah, so first, I kind of wanted to talk about 
SFCD uh, and talk to you. How, how did you guys get started with that agency and doing what you're doing? Great question. Well, you know, we up until recently were known as Soft Facade. And then uh, a few months ago, we kind of simplified our philosophy and our agency title and our brand and image. And we kind of dropped it down to SFCD. Uh, Soft Facade, the original agency, was started in St. Petersburg, Russia around 2008. And um, uh, late in around 2012, moved to New York City. And, uh, you know, since the beginning, we've been working with a variety of clients, big and small. And then uh, we just saw a need and a a desire to to be in New York City where we felt was a hub for, for our clients and the work that we were doing. And so I decided to move here. Now we're, our headquarters is in New York City. We still have the St. Petersburg team. It's very production focused on design and engineering. And uh, that's kind of the story. You know, we're here. We started off being kind of recognized for very glossy, photorealistic icons, some eye candy. But we've evolved. And now we're a full service design and engineering firm. We build apps, websites, all sorts of things, design them as well. That's really interesting. So you started off with kind of the designs and the icons and the eye candy stuff, and then you grew from there. What inspired or what kind of took you in that direction to grow and expand like that? A combination of things. One was just our desire to, you know, we're, we're kind of in love with, with the process of creation, you know, designing stuff, building things. And um, as we were able to grow our team and, and build more of a following, we were able to, you know, attract interesting and talented people and, and provide a wider skill set offering. And so it kind of happened naturally. You know, we, we received recognition and interest. People wanted to start working with us and for us. And, but it also came from a desire to, to keep expanding our skill set. And I think that's really what led to renaming and the rebranding of, of SFCDs that we kind of outgrown that original kind of idea of just being kind of designed and eye candy focused. And um, so part of it was just a, just an evolution that would naturally happen. And, and the other part of it was based on a direction we had to just kind of be more part of the entire creative process and product process from creation, ideation to design to actual development and, you know, updating of it down the road. Awesome. So before we get into this, I totally forgot to prep this and ask, so what roles do each of you guys play at the agency? Uh, I'm a creative director at the agency, and so I'm responsible for all the design that uh, that you see branded by SFCD. And uh, yes, sir. Yeah, and I'm a head of product and strategy. What that means is I'm just working alongside Dimitri and our team to make sure that what we design and, and build is, is strong and, and has the greatest chance of success. Awesome. So how many apps uh, is your agency usually working on at any given time, or does that vary or depend? You know, it, it varies quite a bit, and I think the way we look at it is also like the stages of the apps. So, you know, at any given time, we might be working on, you know, some app icons still, believe it or not, some branding stuff for apps, some UI, UX work, some development as well, you know, accompanying websites for app launches. So at any given time, we might have anywhere from three or four or five to 10 to 12 to 15 projects. It really just depends on what uh, stage in the cycle they are and, and what sort of resources we have available. Mm-hmm. Since you guys are so based in design, I have to ask you, uh, the big changes for iOS 7 that happened last year, what were your guys' impressions of that? And what, what sort of new challenges did you face once that was revealed? 
Yeah, initially uh, it was all uh, like, you know, the new trend, flat style, etc., etc. But I think the, the idea behind the iOS 7 new designs is much deeper. It's, uh, it's uh, closer to traditional design school, like when the, the function defines the form, etc. So we started to, to use this philosophy too more and more in our own project. And that's actually... Uh, uh, Miranda design was a, a result of this research too. Awesome. I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit about how that was made. Did you have something else to say? I'm sorry. Oh, sure. I was just going to say like to, to echo Dimitri's point is that we really looked at iOS 7 as kind of letting the content and the, the functionality kind of speak for itself rather than the design interface trying to do all the loud talking. So for us, it was an exciting moment and it really was when the, the notion for Miranda was brought to life. Cool. So before we jump into Miranda, because I kind of want to talk about that to delve into your process for making apps. Um, but I wanted to touch on, I wanted to say I love the article that's on your website. You have one called, How Much Does It Cost to Make an App? Which, as people that make apps and agencies, I'm sure you get that question all the time. And you really break down the process into each of the steps, including like user experience, the development time, user testing, and how much time that each each of those takes. Would you say that like, people are usually surprised at how much an app costs or how much work actually goes into it? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's very true. And it's, it's, it's understandable too, you know? I mean, I think many people feel as though like they use an app that they think is simple and they think, oh yeah, it's, it's pretty, a pretty simple process. But I think the more and more information's out there and more and more people are becoming educated about what it takes um, but yeah, I think there's still a lot of just, you know, misinformation or just people haven't kind of dived deep enough to really understand all the pieces that are responsible. I mean, just something as simple as creating an account, you know, where you can uh, sign in and register and keep track of your information uh, versus creating an app that doesn't have an account is a, it's a significant amount of work, not just on the design side. I mean, you want to make sure you have your user profile and, you know, uh, uh, sign in, sign out mechanisms. But process, the reason why we decided to write that article was in the spirit of just kind of sharing our knowledge and experience and if it can help um, people know more about the process, if they're more educated and aware when they go to talk to agencies, big and small, or to individual designers and developers, I think it helps everyone out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's funny. I always tell people, like, if you have an idea for an app, the best way to kind of get it out of your head and into something tangible is to like start making sketches of what it would look like and start on the very first screen, draw everything that would be on that screen and then press the very first button, draw what happens or draw whatever screen that goes to and do that for every single button. And I've, I've seen people do that and then I'll sit down with them. We'll going through it and be like, well, what happens when this? They're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. There, there's <laughs> so many things that go into it that you just don't even think of. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, even if you do those exercises, if you kind of uh, sketch them all out and create wireframes for every one of those screens, mm-hmm. you'll still be surprised at, at the surprises you'll have. You know, little things, little edge cases and nuances or, you know, things might shift or, um, you know, you might take a different uh, stance on something here or there. An interaction might shift as you get to development. So even when you do all that initial legwork uh, prior to even doing any sort of visual design, things still change. So there's always this kind of like, you know, ongoing shifting and changing. And it's funny, I was just talking to a friend and, and we were talking about, uh, he works at another agency. And we were talking about kind of our role in 
and what do we really do? And I think in many cases, we, we feel as though we're like Sherpas, you know, taking you to the top of a, a big mountain, you know, and, and sometimes the project might just be to establish a base camp, you know, and your minimum viable product might just be base camp, you know, where you just kind of get acclimated to the, the lower oxygen levels and the altitude. And then the, the real climb is just beginning there. You know, when people uh, launch an app, whether it's their first version or their second version, I mean, the launch is really just the beginning of all the, uh, all the additional hard work, you know, and so it's just really interesting to think about our role and for each different partner we work with, big or small, we kind of have to adapt to what they're trying to accomplish, what sort of mountain they're trying to scale and what sort of kind of baggage they, they, they brought with them, right? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I was just recently talking to Jeremy Olson of the company Tappity and, um, the, the thing that's amazing to me is he is a design-based person, but he also does code. Uh, and so his first app, Grades, he designed all himself, and then he wrote the code all himself. So coming from a design background, he, he completed the designs before he started code. But he was saying that once he got into the code, just so many little things, like little movements, little things happen that the entire process is just fluid. And finishing the design work was just like the very beginning stage before you even got into code and everything changed all over again. Right. So this kind of leads me into Miranda, which you were talking about, especially with iOS seven and the user experience based design. Um, I'd love to just start off. How did you get the idea for Miranda? How did it come to you? Well, it all started with our own internal need of such a tool because we have offices in different time zones and obviously clients in different time zones. And we always have to arrange this call or online meetings with the people in California, New York, and Europe all together. So we were using different tools, but we thought maybe we could do better. And we have this... In our agency, we from time to time do this internal uh, challenges for designers like uh, inventing some new uh, ways to interact with um, with our tools. So, uh, I set this task to all designers in our agency to come up with an idea of what this tool might look like, how, how simple it can be, how fast we can uh, uh, get a, a result that we need. So we started uh, playing with this idea and uh, actually, it was pretty interesting a challenge for 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 any designer. And uh, uh, later, I started to set this task to all new designers just to understand the way of thinking of uh, of our new designers. And uh, uh, after that, we uh, underst- understood that in this field, even if. Uh, there's a lot of similar tools in the App Store. We still can find something unique and uh, build it in our own way. So we, after all this uh, research and uh, playing with ideas, we decided to sit and think of what's, what's the best way to do this, what's, what's the most uh, straightforward way to uh, understand the time and time zones around the world. And so that led us to about uh, a month of uh, design stage of active design stage where we were playing with different controls and understanding how we can make this uh, tool simpler and uh, make everything uh, work in just one tap. Oh, that's interesting. So you had this idea, and I love apps that come from a personal challenge that you have. I, those always turn out to be the best because you have a problem, 
you don't see the right solution for you, and so you create it. And it's amazing. Even if there's other apps that do the same functionality, the fact that they don't work for you means that they also won't work for other people. So there is a need for your app. Um, so you had this idea, and you sent out the challenge to uh, the designers that you had. Did, did you have everybody work individually and kind of come up with their own ideas and then kind of go through a bunch of completely different results or what did that process look like yeah usually uh, when we have this uh, new challenge every designer uh, thinks for himself or herself and then we gather all, all in the, in the studio and uh, share our ideas discuss them and uh, when, when you do such a, such a scene you, you, you can see how uh, what's what's the average field for, for this task what what uh, what's the most common thing people do? And uh, when you look at this, uh, let's say, average idea, you can see where you can develop it, and how you can go further with this idea, what can you throw away, what, can, what you can simplify. That's amazing. So you get all of these different design ideas in from a bunch of different designers who aren't working together at all. They all have their own ideas. And then you can pull that into a single room and kind of identify the universal elements to be like, what did everybody do? What is speaking to everybody? Uh, and that's especially important with iOS 7 without the the usual texture and the skeuomorphism that existed before. Being able to kind of see where everybody's minds are going, even though they're not talking to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that that was actually the process behind every every little detail for Miranda, all the controls like the the time scroll wheel that we have. We I, I haven't seen a control like that before uh, because it's kind of challenging to have two vertically scrolling list on the small uh, uh, mobile phone screen. But so we had to find the workaround how we can. Uh, uh, give people a visual clue what what you can do without uh, a lot of uh, tutorials and stuff like this. Yeah, I encourage anybody that's listening to download this app. It is free uh, and take a look at the design. The way I'm going to try to describe it as best as I can, but there's so you can add cities and they're kind of on the left, but they take up most of the screen. And then on the right side, just barely on screen, is this dial. You turn the dial to change times, and the time changes no matter what city you have listed, and you can kind of pull it forward to move time slower to get more precise or it goes faster. And it's really intuitive because the circle, the dial, makes you want to flick it and turn it, and you can see immediately what it does. So it makes perfect user experience sense. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when we studied what, what's already in this field, uh, what tools are available in the App Store, uh, usually... Uh, designers start with the, the idea of the main location like okay i have this main city i change uh, time that city then i see the time difference but luckily on the planet time flies uh, the, the, exactly the same speed all over the planet well except except for things when you're staying in line but, <laughs> exactly so we understood that we don't need this uh, you know uh, to limit ourselves to this idea of main city or whatever. You, you, you have your list and the, the only action you can do is change time all over the planet and see how it changes in different locations. 
that's interesting. I'm, I'm so interested to hear. Uh, so you have all these desi- designers in a room with all of their designs on there. Was there any single design in that room that was somewhat close to the final version? Were they all kind of completely different and then the final version was a combination and then a reworking of individual elements? Well, honestly, all of them were completely different. We, we didn't have this, uh, uh, this scroll wheel idea uh, uh, initially. Uh, it's uh, the first thing that uh, designer comes up with is to have a horizontal scroll because you have a vertical list and it's kind of a challenging thing to have two vertical lists at the same time. But we, we thought that uh, vertical scroll is more natural for your thumb. When you hold your device, it's easier to understand to scroll vertically. So how we can divide this to scroll, how we can show that these things are connected, but at the same time, you can scroll them individually. So that's, that's how we had this idea of make the, the scroll control itself kind of circular. And uh, that also led to idea how this, you know, like clock face, like control that you can rotate. It's very close to the, the time metaphor itself. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there's a big difference between looking at a design on paper or on the computer and actually playing with it with your hands and being able to like flick your thumb and spin the wheel and that kind of thing. How soon into the process do you actually have a version that people can kind of touch and manipulate a little bit? Yeah, as soon as, soon as possible. Yeah. We just had a few sketches on paper to understand the, the, the idea, but the Control is the most important thing here. So as soon as we could get to the development stage, we built this prototype and started to play with it. How, how we can tweak the speed of the wheel, how large it should be to, com- to use it like with the comfort. Yeah, and I think in this case, especially since the since scroll wheel is like such an important part of everything, it was important to get it in our hands as quickly as possible. In other situations, you know, where there isn't such a, like, hallmark, you know, little, little interaction, oftentimes we'll just have, like, clickable prototypes, right? So we can just kind of see more of the flow and how you go from one screen to the next screen and kind of understand it kind of at a 30,000-foot level. But in this case, since that, you know, action, that movement was so critical, we wanted to see how it worked and how it felt. And so we, we got it built as quickly and as soon as possible. Awesome. So you get that built, and then do you just put that in as many hands as you can like you go around the agency being like play with this or, or what does that process look like a little bit of that yeah we all yeah. we all kind of huddled around and and gave our, our feedbacks and thought feedback and thoughts on it and what we'd like to see improved and what we loved about it and what we didn't like about it and yeah it was a it was a conversational piece and i think that's what was unique about this project too is that it was a internal collaboration and i think in a little while, we can talk about how that's structurally different from working with the client. But in this case, you know, it was a project that was coming from an area of curiosity and, and internal kind of just intrigue and passion. So it became something that we kind of talked about and worked on together and, you know, tapped people on the shoulder and said, hey, what do you think about this? Or look at the new design. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting to talk to agencies who also work on internal clients because it, the design and the thought process uh, or or the process is same but different. It, it's 
Uh, interesting. So, yeah, I definitely want to touch on how the process is different when you're actually working with a client there. Um, but I wanted to ask, how long did it take to make from start of Miranda until you guys were ready to release it into the App Store? Well, it wasn't the, the um, top priority. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like we had a lot of other client work, too, that we were working on in, in parallel. And so we wanted to make sure we prioritized you know, our client work, but I mean, Dimitri can talk to you about, I mean, from the design side, and then we can talk about the development timing of it. Yeah, it was, I, I meant, it wasn't a usual pro, uh, project for us. Uh, and the first stage was kind of re- research of what we can do, etc. It was kind of slow-paced uh, process. Then, uh, we, then we had uh, about a month of uh, active design process when we actually get to, to the real pixels and uh, defining all every little detail and uh, also in parallel we had uh, research on our development team on how we can uh, make everything work smoothly how we can make everything work offline uh, etc etc there's a lot of incredibly insanely complex technologies under the hood maybe they're not visible on the first glance like for example the, the map itself uh, how how we can arrange cities and locations around the map because people can add a lot of locations into the app and we cannot zoom in to to, to uh, have a um, more screen real estate for locations so we had to solve this problem with uh, uh, complex algorithms it's uh, also the uh, night and day uh, cycle you can see that uh, during the year this the the shape of this um, night and day uh, curve, it, it changes. So if you scroll, scroll scroll the thing, you can see how it changes th- uh, throughout the year. You can see when its uh, days become long, etc., etc. That's awesome. Uh, it's amazing how much goes in behind the scenes. I was going to ask you, uh, one of the questions here was, was there anything that was more difficult than you thought it would be? Um, and yeah, simple things like adding cities on a small map, you wouldn't think that it would be complex. But once you actually dive in and try to do it, it, it presents a lot more challenges than you might necessarily first expect. Yeah, exactly. We are happy to have a very talented uh, de- development team. So they, when they have a challenge, they, they never uh, uh, have to compromise and they go push it uh, until we, we solve it, until we crack it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's what, what makes it so enjoyable working one together is that it wasn't like, oh, gosh, that's going to add a bunch of uh, complexity. It's going to push out the deadline a few weeks. It was more like that's a very interesting challenge. It was like a riddle or puzzle. How can we solve it? How can we, you know, make it look still look beautiful and, and, and sim- simple as we wanted? But at the same time, how can we make it perform well? And I think, you know, when you, when you move the device into landscape and you can see that map come up, I mean, we, we think it's a really cool part of the, of the app experience. Yeah, initially, when we started with, with the app, we, we basically we wanted to build a very simple app and go through the process of launching it in the App Store and going through every little step of having our own product. But then we had these all little problems that we had to solve before and that uh, little things that are invisible to a naked eye. Like, like let's say, for example, uh, if your screen brightness is very low, we actually change all the colors in the interface. You can see it, but uh, 
but uh, all the colors become become more contrast. We use black and white or white on black. But if you if the screen brightness is 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 higher than uh, than usual, then we turn down colors a bit. So you you can see it in in everyday uh, use of the app. But we had to solve a, a very little uh, challenge like this. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to what you said about uh, the map view and the light versus dark areas when you scroll through the date, because this is absolutely amazing. I'm sitting here scrolling through this right now, but everybody knows that in the more northern areas, uh, in the summertime is pretty much light all the time, and in the wintertime is pretty much dark all the time. And you've made this chart that that shows lightness and darkness change depending on the, the date to show that so you can see the kind of top of the curve going lower and lower for the dark part so that the areas that are constantly in sunlight are constantly light that that's pretty impressive yeah exactly initially we we actually didn't thought about this we we thought that oh we can just use this uh, curve shape and put it on top of the map but when we started to study the thing we understood that we can't do this uh, the easy way we have to uh, calculate it in real time so we use locations and we build this curve in real li- real time all the time uh, how often do you work on internal projects like this um, you had mentioned you kind of do some internal challenges to the designers for your current tools and this is uh, an outward of a user facing one is this the first time you've done that yeah, this is our first official from start to you know from scratch to 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 launch on the app store product and although we've had lots of ideas internally they've always kind of remained as sketches or cool or like yeah it'd be fun to work on that one day but we really and that was another kind of objective for us you know and and, and one of the reasons that uh, this project is different uniquely different than working with clients is that we we set kind of the ultimate objectives and for us like Dimitri said, it was about going through every step of the phase. We do it on behalf of clients, but we'd never done it for our own product. And so that was a part of it. And also just kind of getting that out there, you know, with, with client work at the end of the day, you know, you're uh, hired guns for them, you know, and you can provide your expertise and your feedback and your suggestions. But at the end of the day, you know, they ultimately own the product, right? And when it launches its successes in failure, like we push and we do everything we can to make it success. But if it is a, if it's a success, the client really reaps that benefit. You know, they'll ideally keep working with us, and the relationship will be strong and nurtured. But if it's a failure, you know, we're bummed out. But the pain point is really, you know, on the client side, right? But when you're working on your own products and your own projects, there's no excuse. You can't say, "Oh man, you know, I tried to tell the client to make it red, and he wanted it blue, and see, like, see what happens." Like, there's no. There's no BS, right? There's no, the, you know, the buck stops there. And so from that perspective, it was also a unique challenge and an exciting and worthwhile challenge for us to be complete, kind of incomplete control of the product, the design, the development, the schedule, the testing, the debugging, the QA, all that stuff, and the publishing of it. Mm-hmm. Is it something that you guys plan on keep doing, or was this just a idea that just inspired you and you did it? We got about a half a dozen more uh, more <laughs> nice. projects that I think are in the pipeline right now that we, we yeah. want to get cranking on. Yeah, we had a blast. Awesome, good. So I want to move back uh, towards the end of this interview to client work and kind of how the process differs between what happened for Miranda and what happens when you're uh, working with a client. And 
when that topic first came up, when you first mentioned it, was when you were doing the user testing. Is that kind of the first main branch for the process? Uh, and what does that look like when you're actually working with a client? I mean, with the client, what we usually try to do is we try to get to, to a point where something is at least somewhat interactive. You know, in this case, we use tools like Envision for like clickable prototypes where we want to kind of get something in front of people's in, in front of people as, as quickly as possible. Um, we find that a lot of interesting kind of nuances are, are brought to light. A lot of feedback is captured and a lot of kind of shifts are made and modifications are made at that point. So from our perspective, the process is it's probably pretty similar to a lot of other agencies. I think uh, it really comes with like understanding what the, the objective is. Like, what are we trying to build? What are we trying to design? Is this a design and development project? Is it only design? What are the things that we need to design? What is the product that we're building? Uh, is it a website? Is it an app? Like, depending on all those answers, we do a variety of different steps. But ultimately, we want to lock down the expectations. What are these things that we're, we're going to be required to deliver for this first version of the app? or whatever it may be. And from that point, then it's really kind of putting some structure to it. Yeah, we can create a list of all all the things we want the app to do, but then how do those things come together on individual screens within the application? You know, how much of this stuff is, you know, traditional user profile, add a photo to your profile, connect through Twitter, Facebook, how much of it is kind of standard stuff and how much of it is actually unique and, and special to this particular application? So talking about that, mapping all that stuff out, structuring it as much as possible, whether through a, a simple sketch or a, a proper wireframe. But then we, we get to the, the visual kind of uh, step where we really want to put some sort of visual character, like you know, define that visual language. And that's a fun part, too, because there's a little bit of experimentation. There's a little bit back and forth. There's a lot of, hey, I'll take a little bit of this concept and put it on this concept. Client will do the same. And then the goal is to really lock down that that visual language that's been defined and then apply it to all of the other screens in the application. For example, in this case, if we're building an app, we'd want to bring that to all of the screens in the app. And then during that process, even before the visual you know, language is defined, putting the, the, the frames together, the wireframes together to kind of mock up the experience. You know, like, hey, when I click here, it's going to go here. And then when I click here, it's going to go back there. That sort of stuff is really important to just to get the feeling and the flow of an application right. But eventually, once we get all the design stuff locked down, we apply it to all the screens. During that kind of phase of design production, our development team is getting ready. They're looking at all the documentation. They're asking some questions, posing some questions, that sort of stuff. And then we really are off and running as the assets are being finally produced. The development team is already off and running. And then towards the end, we do you know, these uh, development sprints. We're testing along the way, doing final QA and testing, and then internal testing, you know, friends and family testing, whatever it may be. You know, some clients want a more rigorous testing phase at that point. Some people just want to have their friends and family use it. Sometimes they just want us to play around with it and provide our feedback. But once we feel good and confident, then we'll, uh, you know, submit it to the App Store. And even when we submit it to the App Store, you know, there are already bug fixes and other things and optimizations that we're working on, and we already have the next version of the app kind of in progress and, and ready to be um, submitted as soon as we're, it's, as soon as it's ready as well. So it's a, it's a constantly moving process. We try to, to make it similarly structured for all of our clients, but it's, it's challenging because everyone comes in not only with a different set of ex- expectations, not only with a different kind of objective, but also with a different understanding and familiarity level. You know, some people really are hands-on and really understand the creative process and want to be actively involved. Other people are a little scared of it and they don't know really what's happening. So we have to 
we have to modify our our process and how we provide updates and, and where and when we provide updates as well based on all that too. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure that working with clients also involves uh, a little bit of education because uh, as an agency that's working with apps all day, is there certain usability things that are just industry-wider or just known best practices that people might not be aware of? So there might be some sort of education and explaining and things like that that goes on when you're working with clients who aren't necessarily as familiar with mobile apps. It's, it's totally true, you know, and I think it's especially true when people come in with like more innovative or, or kind of out there ideas and they want to kind of change the way people do certain things and then they want to change everything, how you like register, how you like, you know, create a profile, how you like share and stuff like that. And oftentimes we're like, look, you're already bringing a lot of kind of nuance, like new kind of ways of doing things or you're proposing new ways of doing things. You don't want to just inundate someone with all these newfangled ways of doing things that they're so accustomed to, you know? So in that situation, it's especially, especially important to kind of point out like, Hey, you know, this is how people expect to do these sorts of things. These are how these interactions and kind of uh, steps normally work. Let's, let's leave those as kind of steps that people are familiar with and that can, they can quickly get accustomed to. And then there's a couple of things that you're pre- presenting that are a little new and a little strange. And maybe we can focus our attention on helping them understand those things rather than trying to understand everything in a new light, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's hilarious that people go into the process. They're like, I want to change the way people do X. Cause a lot of people say that, and then they change everything about everything that that's really funny. It, it reminds me like back Back in the day, I used to sell men's suits. And with men's fashion, the thing that was interesting to me was, as opposed to women's fashion, which is just all over the place, men, you have like a suit. And the way that you style the suit is you put like a a tie or you have your own cufflinks or it's the little details that really make it different and make the difference. And I think when you're trying to build an app, thinking about it the same way is you want to have people be able to use it and what's familiar. You don't want to like have them open up the app, have no idea what to do and close it again, but you can do that and still do new things. That's exactly right, man. I mean, we don't have the same tailor exp- tailoring experience, <laughs> but it, it describes it perfectly accurately. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I wanted to thank you guys again for coming on the show. If anybody here wants to get in contact with you, if there's any companies that want to hire you, how can they do that? I think the best way is just to visit our website, sfcd.com, and take a look at our work. And if they're interested, they can um, send me an email personally, yasser, Y-A-S-S-E-R, at sfcd.com. And uh, we can hop on the phone. We can share some information and just learn about what they're looking to do. And, and if it makes sense to work together, we can figure out a way to do so. Awesome. So, Yasser, Dimitri, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you again. Awesome, yeah. Dan. Thank Thanks you. for having us. And now we are wrapping up another episode of the Novice No Longer podcast. If you've enjoyed this please share it with your friends. It helps me out. It's going to help them out. If they like tech, then they're going to like it too. So do that. Share it out, social media, all that fun stuff. Uh, Leave a rating, leave a review. I already said this in the intro, but I can't stress it enough how much I really appreciate it. And I might read your review on the air like this, which would be really cool for both of us. Now, just like weeks past, I'm going to leave today's episode with a challenge. Now, usually I just say, take one step further in your application. I'm going to be more specific. I want to do a creative exercise with you guys. 
on the topic of time. So what they said in this interview is that they came up with the idea to do a time zone kind of creator uh, telling app. And they had all their designers kind of go forward and come up with a design that they thought would work for that application. So there's a good chance you haven't actually downloaded Miranda, even though you're listening to this. And if that's the case, that's okay. What I want you to do before you actually download the app is sit down with a piece of paper and sketch out what you think a time zone app should look like. How, how do you control it? Like, you know that they use a dial, but maybe there's a better way. Maybe, maybe there's something that's in your mind that you would use to touch and manipulate time. So get that down, sketch it out, use that as kind of an exercise for the user experience, the user interface type stuff, and then download Miranda and see what they ended up with. See what you like, see what you don't like, and go from there. And I will see you guys all next week. Have a good one.